just a question right off the bat is who is who is Colleen Cooper? <laughs> All right, well, let's hear it then. Whereabouts? Andover. Okay. Um, and my husband's actually from Reading, so we're both North Shore transplants. Wow. No plans of moving to South Shore either. We're completely. Because usually people up there like stay up that way. I I, I, my family's from the North Shore, <laughs> and it's, it's very rare for people to go. I know. I feel like my mother's thinking right now is <laughs> she knows that we're going to have to go back up there. But we, we love it down here. It's been such a warm welcome. We came here through Atlanta. some sorts, um, and I just finished reading um, Radha Agarwal's book, Belong, and I think I'm an aspiring community architect, so okay. yeah, there it is. So on the website for the Workout Club, your title is Chief Team Cheerleader. What is that title entail? Um, it's my favorite job I've had so far. Okay. Um, I am driven by the success of others within our community, um, so I really am responsible for my team with a sense of humor, flexibility, positivity, and I am passionate and committed to bringing our community of clients and staff and trainers together while building new community and applying it. So you purchased the Workout Club back around fall of 2019, if I'm correct? Yep, October. So what made you do it? What was the decision going into that? Um, so I arrived at the Workout Club um, with an injury. So, what got you into fitness? Usually, um, fitness people are the people that run, you know, gyms and whatnot. Yeah, I, you know, I think what's so interesting about my husband and I purchasing the workout club is none of us are fitness professionals. We're just right. fitness enthusiasts and addicts. Um, and we've always been driven to invest in what we know okay. um, and we're and what we're passionate about, okay. and we're passionate about health and fitness. So, okay. um, we that's part of the reason we bought the workout club, but what got us into fitness is just a lifelong appreciation for fitness and community. Okay. Um, like I said, we've always been involved in right. running or weightlifting and being active. Mm -hmm. um, I have wonderful coaches and school coach Molly who helped me navigate uh, figuring out a love of fitness, especially early morning fitness. Um, and then most recently, our involvement in the CrossFit community with CrossFit Madden team my involvement with the South Shore Running Moms Club um, on Facebook, we were introduced to many wonderful friends uh, initially when we first moved to this area. We didn't know anybody. And those two communities alone have introduced us to friends who've become family, who've supported us through the very difficult year of the pandemic. Um, and because of that engagement, um, we've kind of stuck with it. So usually when someone buys a business or takes over a business, there's things that they do right away. What were the things you guys did right away going after you know, taking on the business? So what was so interesting about this 
business endeavor is that it had an established customer base. Right. Um, and we knew them peripherally, but we really needed to take the time to get to know mm -hmm. and understand them. So we did. We took the time to meet everybody, be a part of the gym, be there at all different hours. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't really want to make any sweeping changes because the business model worked. Right. But we did want. We did initially. <laughs> okay. That helped kind of more accurately align with our strategic plan, our mission, our vibe, um, and you know the type of business we wanted to run. So those included the Iron Strength strategic plan, which wow. more or less came out in the book that I did, which we'll talk about <laughs> in a second. <laughs> yeah, but we um, had you know three community core tenets that aligned with Iron Strength, like club, community, um, and partners. And so we instituted those, and we started. We enlisted the, the help of some very talented and creative friends to create a strong, consistent brand identity. So logo, website, social media presence, um, introduction of brand standards. We purchased brand management software. Um, and then you know, some of the changes we had on the back burner helped with you know, hopefully through the portal with club renovations um, that enhanced the aesthetic um, yeah. within the gym. So you guys had like a really strong plan, right? It sounds mm -hmm. like going into it. Like you knew, you had an idea of like these are the things that we want to accomplish. These are the, these are our goals. You had a strategic plan, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, we did, and you know, it, it all we evolved it too with the team. So we yeah. took a lot of time to meet with every trainer, um, a lot of the clients, every staff member to discuss mm -hmm. the their history with the club, their connection with the club, and where they wanted to see the club mm -hmm. from. Um, so. As a result of those meetings, I actually hired uh, two directors who were there to get me director briefs, and um, Courtney Jones, uh, my director of operations, to help evolve the club into where we wanted to see it grow yeah. um, and help create those club standards, implement you know, those club standards, and introduce new programming ideas. Now, for those that don't know about the work of the club, you know, just tell us about the club, you know, where it's located, what it offers, you know, things of that nature. located in Webster Square next to the supermarket. And our membership, we have lots of options because we don't have an initiation fee or hidden fees or custom contracts. Um, we're very flexible uh, for everybody and for all. You know, we have a lot of members who come for the seminar and come yeah. for a leave. Um, so we have memberships that allow you access to just the gym and cardio area. Um, we have memberships that include the gym cardio area So <laughs> we're really quite flexible for for anybody. Now, some gyms are like for specific target markets. Is there like a certain target market for you guys, or is it kind of a coverall? It, it seems more very much like you're trying to appeal to a wider wider audience by those memberships that you're offering. I know. I feel like we're in this like slightly creepy niche business owners <laughs> and um, sales managers. 
right. for, but um, what attracted us to the workout club and what attracts me to the business itself is that it's a wildly inclusive market with no specific target audience. Okay. Um, and so it, the, the club, because it truly offers a specific market and something for everyone, um, regardless of your fitness background or level, the most important part of our club is that we have a commitment to get each and every member through the door every day. So a lot of the bigger box gyms take your membership through the link within their comp because that's how they make money. money. Um, we actually want to see you, and if we don't see you, we get worried and we get phone calls. Now, <laughs> Jessica, what do you what do you do to kind of make sure people are coming? Um, we, we, I have to say, it's the community itself. Um, the members kind of take care of that on their own. It becomes a place that you are so happy visiting that you feel a void if you're not there, which is what we felt as new business owners in COVID. So as long as you're a person who enjoys community, um, likes a good workout, wants to be part of the business that listens to their you know, customers, they're more than the place for you. COVID, you've mentioned a few times. You guys buy the gym in October 2019. COVID really hits in March of 2020. How did you guys handle that? can imagine. <laughs> um, at first, you know, we thought we would only be closed for a few weeks. Right. I don't think anybody thought that was going to mm-hmm. Well, nobody thought that was going to happen. Um, and so, first and foremost, we were really sad and worried about our clients just in general. Their mental health, their welfare. Um, we have clients who kind of rely on us um, to stay out of trouble, if you will. So, we were, and, and to connect. And our place is often So we were concerned for the trainers and staff as well. Um, we tried to keep on as many as possible because, again, there was no line of sight um, for what was going to happen. So, you know, the expectation evolved into the club holder to support their small businesses, and that support was fleeting. Um, so we sat down immediately as a team and began drafting plans and outcomes for all sorts of contingencies. Yeah, which is smart. <laughs> um, it, it I think we were able to, you know, quote unquote, pivot successfully by offering a virtual studio. Um, but it really forced us to reevaluate our commitment to the club, and I'm actually very thankful for that because my husband and I realized this was not something we wanted to give up on for a while. We were really committed to this company. Tell me about the virtual studio that you guys were able to do. So we quickly set up the virtual studio, and we were one of the first gyms to do so. It involved trials and errors, um, but we did it. The platform is a perfect it's on Facebook Live, but what we love about it is that it absolutely allows for real-time connection. Um, and something that can be communicated very easily. So we were able, our, our members um, have access to the virtual studio, they have access to all sorts of classes. So wonderful about it is the classes stay up for a week. So you have access to 30, 35 classes a week, and you can take them as many times as you like or whatever you'd like. You don't have to take them at a time. Uh, and you can always ask the instructors or the trainers or your community members questions. And because of the nature of Facebook, our instructor will see those questions and respond. Yeah. So it's not just like a YouTube video where you watch it mm-hmm. and that's 
How's reopening going? <laughs> it's slowly going, but um, it's so wonderful to see everybody. We um, are, I'm so proud, Jonathan, of our staff and trainers for how they've stepped up because this is not something we signed up for. Um, whether it's you know, instructing in a virtual class or instructing with a mask on or being six feet away or in some cases 14 feet away from their clients or not being able to help with hands-on assist, but everybody has adapted wonderfully. Our clients have been so appreciative, um, the ones who've come back, and I, I really love seeing that synergy between everybody because it does show us how important community is. We've rearranged, we've had to, during the um, closure, we rearranged the whole entire gym um, with the help of all of those fitness people from CrossFit. <laughs> set up the once class studio into a cardio room so all of the treadmills are 14 feet apart you can wear masks less you know you can see air purifiers wow. in there um, you can see light technology that helps sanitize we have a four-step cleaning uh, four-step process that we adhere to wow. um, with you know every student just stay on top of things with So you kind of answered this question already, but I'm going to ask you again. What separates you from other gyms out there? Um, the fact that our commitment to the wellness of our community extends into everything we do. Um, you know, not just getting somebody to do the conditioning. But we, you know, again, we operate on the assumption that your attendance is what we want um, and that we want you here. So the community club What about, what about plans going forward? I'm, I'm sure you guys had more long-term plans, you know, you know, back in October of 2019, but I'm sure those things can change you quite a bit. What are some possible plans going forward that you guys want to do? So first and foremost, we want to survive COVID. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of want to hop on my soapbox for Go for one it. second. That's, that's, um, that, this is your podcast. <laughs> your health, wellness, and safety, mm -hmm. more so than any other space out there. Um, so because of that information, I see all the time, you know, every day, gyms and studios closing. Yeah. And it breaks my heart because during the global health pandemic, you would think that the community's health and wellness would be Absolutely.
Putting that aside. Okay. <laughs> um, our hope is to change the perception and the stigma around suicide and change the attitude towards helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the effort that makes it work. Um, it, but honestly, if people don't come back to the gym, I, I don't know where we can go. I mean, we have great plans of evolving second location right. and upgrading equipment and um, diversifying our programming and expanding our model. So my answer, I think pre-COVID would have been very different right. than now. Right now, um, we're trying to change those parts of the way we Trying awesome. to get everyone back to where you were yeah, prior. Yeah, just make people feel more comfortable coming back. Is there a percentage, can you put a percentage in how many people you think have, have come back? Or? Um, I would say right Jump onto a different subject here. One of the things I noticed when you know, look, you know, when doing some research prior to this is that you love horses. Mm-hmm. Um, where did this come from? And talk about this passion for horses. Oh my gosh, I was horse mad from a very early age. Okay. Um, and you have no idea where it came from. Um, I'd like to think my my great grandmother's family they were probably horse family were race horse family in Sarah okay. Douglas. I'd like to think that somehow in the stars for me to be so horse crazy. Um, But I fell in love with them. Uh, My parents enrolled me in a riding program at a very early age, and I became a barn cat and never left. Um, It helped me stay out of trouble on track. It taught me responsibility. I had to work in order to ride, and I did. Mm -hmm. So I spent more time in the barn than I did with anything else. And it's continued to this day? Yeah. my, um, My aunt... Made sure that I was able to ride and participate, and I became um, an avid competitor. I okay. um, earned national world championships. Um, I still compete. Really? And what sort of? Um, I have Arabian and saddlebred horses, okay. so I, I ride both of those um, in both industries. I now, um, when we moved up here, and I had to get my horses brought here, we had to move while the hurricane hit, the majority wow. of them are in Atlanta. And when we moved out of Atlanta, um, the horses left. <laughs> so, yeah. so my husband and I and um, my aunt, we all decided to dress as horse. And oh. that's uh, evolved into the horse business. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Now, was your husband into horses prior to meeting you? Or, is, or, no. or you just got it? Or you hooked him in with? Um, he's, he's a funny story because we've known each other since high school. So oh. he um, would follow me in the barn and okay. stop. He's just kind of been a good sport about it, but now he's just as passionate as we were our horse family and horse shows and everything like that. So how do you manage all these different things? You're you're super involved in a lot of different stuff, like farming type stuff, horses, running a gym, having kids. How do how do you manage We laugh a lot. Really?
saving the animals. So um, that's the easy part. The rest of it is I have a great team here okay. um, on the horse business side and on the architecture side. I've got wonderful people I collaborate with. Um, my, my, those are my team folks. So I'm really lucky that way. And I have a great team of engineers. I know you have a nonprofit background as well. So talk about that a little bit. Um, I, my nonprofit background is funny. I started as a teacher and became. Um, yeah, I, I remember hearing that. You started as a teacher. Yeah, and I was so frustrated because I just needed to help um, my students more. So I fell into nonprofit and just sort of was really interested to make a huge difference. Fell in love with the idea of connecting with the community and giving back to the community. Um, learned a lot about program development. Was wet with fundraising, mm -hmm. and then um, ended up being hired to start Sinclair Creek Horse Welfare Engineers, and that was wild because it drew me into like leadership, board development, fundraising. Um, There's so many aspects. Accounting, everything, and I'm so grateful for it because I learned so much. But I really learned how to ask questions. That's how. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you what's something that you could take from your nonprofit background and apply to your business. because you're selling an idea mm -hmm. and you're asking people to buy something that they, they don't receive because they're maybe, right. maybe not the appropriate price for you. But if you can sell somebody on that notion, mm -hmm. um, they'll take you into their service. Yeah. Um, so I love the idea of the donor relations process where you're researching the donor, cultivating that donor, asking the donor for your information. And I feel like that Sales or community building or customer relations. Um, I love that. And I also like the challenges. I learned very little. So <laughs> when I would ask somebody for money, I would say no. Like, really? That's not a no. It's not going to happen. And that's not hmm. my negotiation. That's approach. interesting. Yeah. So, business, one thing I've learned throughout the years is it's all about partners. Who are the best partners for you? Um, well, my husband is an okay. excellent partner. Um, and he's wildly supportive of any idea, um, and also honest. But in the broader business yeah. world, a, a true collaborator. Um, I love team players who enjoy good discussion, who mm -hmm. aren't afraid to disagree uh, or suggest something different, who have open-minded hearts, who encourage growth and development um, amongst their team members and within themselves. Uh, I appreciate loyalty. Are there any type of like businesses that serve as almost like good referral sources for you to help grow your business? They're really word of mouth. Okay. It's very interesting. Yeah, um, our members are our best okay. examples. Yeah. So, what's the best piece of advice you've been given from a business perspective? Mm, um, I would say invest in what you know. To laugh because it's really Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you could jump into the time machine, you know, 
maybe the start of your career, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I would tell myself to be patient. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like so many of us think that our career is a ladder. Um, I was reading the show Sanders Books, and she likens a career not to a ladder, but to a jungle gym. And I love that analogy because even though but not least, but if, so if people want to find more about the Workout Club, where can they go? Our website, um, our social media accounts, Roadblock, 